The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hess at Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. Happy Saturday. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yes, you are. That's right. We're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. Welcome to the Roundup, yeah. as they like to say on our intro. That's right. Hopefully you're getting lots of stuff done this weekend and mm-hmm. working on those autumn projects. Yes. May I recommend... Make sure your gutters are cleaned out. Yes. Because the leaves, they be gathering inside of your gutters, and they are going to clog your downspouts. And I have had numerous conversations with people as they're selling their homes about like, oh, you had your basement flood? Mm-hmm. How so? Right. Or your ceiling looks a little bit gutters wet. gutters and downspouts. That'll do it. Yes, yes. That, that'll do it. If you look up there and when it's raining, you see water spilling over the edges of that gutters. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yes. And if, or if you see nice, beautiful ferns, lichen, <laughs> grass. My favorite. Yes. Yeah. There is a house that I walk by all the time when I take Rusty out for our morning routine. And, um, you know, most people purposefully have a green roof. This one... <laughs> Has just become that way over the 14 years I've lived in the right. area. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just it's got serious like ferns oh, every, well, and they're coming out of the chimney, yeah, like that's all not good. over the chimney. This is yeah, not yeah, a good sign. That's not good. And the thing is, you know, if your gutters are overflowing, that water can mm-hmm. get back in behind the the um, the fascia yep. boards. Mm-hmm. And, they're going into your water, attic space. Man, oh man, water can travel. Yes, it, it can. really, really move. Mm-hmm. So, and then we talk about wind-driven rain, oh. you know, in the Northwest. And, oh. and you get you get four or five days of 30-mile-an-hour mm-hmm. winds just blasting that water deeper and deeper well, into your house. We just had that happen a couple weekends ago where we had some serious gale force winds going on, mm-hmm. particularly up in the north end part of the oh, state. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, 38 knots right. hitting stuff you know that is you know really pushing some water oh, around it's amazing what can happen for that yeah so the other thing too as we're getting in the holidays really this is kind of mm-hmm. like anymore it's like all the time yeah Please, you don't want water creeping in but you also don't want what you don't want other creeps creeping in either <laughs> so be really careful about security this time of year yes and, you know there's of course Lots and lots of videos about mm-hmm. the porch bandits and yep. all of that. Keep I, your holidays happy. You know, join those. Um, you know, there's a lot of apps out there right now that you can kind of keep track of your your neighborhood. Um, I think I subscribed to one called Neighbors, where people will report you mean like next door, next door, and some of those. those sort of things. You know, so they're mm-hmm. they're reporting what's going on in your neighborhood. Yeah. You can kind of keep an eye, mm-hmm. idea what's going on. Um, there are some prolific uh, prowlers. Yeah, I, I fell victim to that. Uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, we have a gate that closes across the, the driveway and somebody in my household left the gate open <gasps> and then I left son. my truck unlocked and sure enough, about 3.30 in the morning, somebody was, you know, went through my truck. They 
they took uh, what well, was interesting. I mean, they mm-hmm. took they took some stuff. Um, they took keys. Mm-hmm. They took the garage door opener. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and and so lots of people. That's so they can come back later. Exactly. So of course I I knew that and I scrambled out and mm-hmm. unplugged it and and you know recoded everything. But um, it's it's important to be really conscious of that mm-hmm. and. Um, Make sure your stuff is locked. Anything that's not bolted down. There was a neighbor the other day. They took a fountain, you know, just a decorative fountain out of the backyard. What? And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but anything that will get a few rocks, a crack, or whatever, whatever it is, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're selling. Are those, those things, things for. usually really heavy? Yeah, they are. But, but I guess you can sell stolen. anything nowadays. Yeah, you, you can, can sell, sell anything, anything online. So right. you know, you know, I went on. Uh, I went on. Um, and, and and Amazon and I got some of those. Um, they're they're uh, solar activated floodlights. Oh, they're cheap. They, I need some of those. Those things last. I've I've had them last like three four years. They're not going to last forever, but yeah. But I but there's you, something. You're going to stick them up, and so I've yeah stuck them up around around the yard. Good. You know, so that that'll kind of flash on. Although it didn't. It actually kind of helped the tweaker that was in my so truck the other night they yeah doing. they actually could see probably yeah, see what they, they, were doing. they didn't have to turn on their flashlight from their phone no didn't, didn't scare <laughs> didn't scare him away but um but anyway just a, just a reminder to be but really at least conscious. if you had cameras on your house exactly. then at least you get a good look at who the person is yeah that's true and i i do i've got it in, in hd you know so mm-hmm. that i don't know if that made me feel better or worse probably made me feel worse <laughs> uh, but um but but then the this morning yeah about four thirty. Uh-huh. In the morning, I hear my gate rattle, and it woke me up. And I'm like, oh, "Here we go again," you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I jump up. I'm I'm wide awake at that yeah. point. I I look on my camera. I didn't see anybody there, mm-hmm. and uh, I I go out. I, I'm looking around. Everything looks looks fine and clear. But I've been up since 4:30 this morning, right? And so finally, I went back and looked at the camera, and 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 then I I, I saw what happened. Was it a deer? No, it was a little family of raccoons that ah, well, not crawled little, over. Big fat ones that were trying to squeeze <laughs> underneath the gate, you know, rattling the thing as they're trying to get their big butts underneath the. Were underneath. they in your yard because of all the wonderful food out in the garden? Well, still, th- yes, they're okay. They're, so they were a different kind of little creep in your yard. It's, <laughs> it's the Tuckwilla Farmers Market to them, apparently. <laughs> You know, so they go there, they get some tomatoes, they get some apples, you know, they're just, you know. Well, the tomatoes were already starting to split open anyway. We've <laughs> right. got the rains, yeah. they're not the best right Near now. Near as I can tell, they were actually <laughs> around the fire making s'mores, you know, at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> well, so, maybe they singed their little fur then. Right, right. <laughs> so that's another kind of a, a reminder. Don't, you know, have food outside like that, you know, because yes. it will bring them in. Uh, whatever you do, never touch a ra- I don't know that I have to say this, but never touch a raccoon's poop. <laughs> no, no, no. It can, it contains uh, uh, diseases that can kill you. Yeah, so you that's have true. to be a little bit careful about that. <laughs> I, and and fortunately, I can't wait to do a promo for this show. Like. I, I don't what, know if the yeah. guests what we're going to have on are the most interesting part. What does this or, have to do with real estate? <laughs> I know. Well, I, I was reading. Well, though, we do I, talk about the Pacific Northwest lifestyle. So, all well, you Pacific Northwesterners, or if you've just moved to the state and just got close to raccoons, right. well, make those, sure don't touch the poo. Yeah, stay away from their poo. <laughs> it's not like cleaning yeah. the cat box. Uh, no, Put some gloves on. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. So there. Well, I've got that off my chest. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, maybe I I'm just a little. No bit, idea that was coming today. I'm a little runny from <laughs> from being up all since four thirty this oh. morning. So wow! Did we all just get some insight into your brain oh, those <laughs> and stinkers. your life? I, you know. <laughs> Oh, I've I've had them before. They they used to I, my old house. They came in the cat door, and they they oh, yeah. come inside. And well, yes, because your cat food they can oh, smell it. I saw one reading the Wall That's, Street Journal. Yeah. You know, he was sitting oh, sitting gosh. in the in the easy chair. Well, uh, at least he didn't leave poo. He probably just used the toilet <laughs> if be. he was reading the paper. Uh, <laughs> you were doing a service. Absolutely. That's entirely possible. See, now this is where Rusty in my yard is handy because he runs off all the critters. Right. Yeah, that's you true. You know, you have cats. Yeah. They're not great no, with raccoons. They, no, they... But dogs will definitely yeah. give them a run. Yeah, they'll... Uh, they'll as long as they're big dogs. They'll scoot them Little dogs, mm, right. they, those could turn into lunch. So, so then I was studying, though, and and because I have a big trap, I've trapped them before. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's illegal to release raccoons if you trap uh, them. What? It's Why? It's illegal uh, unless you have a permit. And they, well, what are you supposed to do with them if you do trap them? You well, know, I'll let you fill in the blanks on that. But let's just say you cannot release them. Yeah, that's the, what? That's the rule. And and so, yeah. So if you trap them, and now I of course. My thinking is I'll just go find a park or take them up in the woods or something like that. But according to the state of Washington, that's a bad thing to do because uh, raccoons are somewhat territorial, right? And they want to come back to where they yeah. where they where they were. Well, they're kind of like humans yeah, that way. They, they like don't just homes. look like little humans and have hands like little humans no. and wash their hands like yeah. humans. They yeah yes yeah I call they want to be home. I call them trash pandas. Yeah, many people do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cute little furry, furry guys. They're cute until they up this morning. Steal yeah. your things. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so moving. On. So there's some of your wonderful wildlife. You know, uh, <laughs> wildlife of the Pacific Northwest. That's right. Yes. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I actually uh, was needing to be careful the other day. Just a reminder too, especially as it's getting dark earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. That often means when you're in some of the outlying areas and even closer in, deer. Are mm-hmm. uh, I prolific? Watched, yes, they're very prolific right now, and uh, I saw many people dodging some uh, critters uh, just in the last couple of days while I've been out and about doing my yep. work stuff. Especially so, you just get outside the city, you, uh-huh. know, you, you do have to keep an eye out, yes. especially around dawn and dusk, because well, there and are s- what's the term? Crepuscular. I believe it's crepuscular. Uh, okay, they're, they're active. I'll take your word at dawn. That. Active at dusk. Yes. Well. Here's the thing, when you see one, maybe one scooted ahead of you before your lights, slow down. That was one of the things I noticed about the traffic is people just kept going at high speed. Many of those deer go together. Mm -hmm. So where there is one, there are frequently multiples, especially young ones. Mm -hmm. So please do be careful. This is that time of year where you unfortunately see a lot of accidents and it's those can be quite dangerous. Right. Yeah. So just please be careful. Yeah. Certain certain parts of the state are worse than others. I we were driving yeah. over the North Cascades a couple of weekends ago, and and they have signs mm-hmm. up there because there's well, so many deer strikes. I was up in the islands, you know, because I was doing my house hunting stuff before, and mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole lot of deer just in Anacortes. They've got all those wonderful great parks around Deception Pass to Bowman Bay, Rosario oh, yeah. Beach, mm-hmm. Washington Park. I mean, just out there by the ferry. Right. There's a ton of, you know, I mean, that's, I love staying at the Ship Harbor Inn 
and they're out every dawn and dusk. Right. You know, hanging around, walking between the cottages and stuff. Rusty, you know, like loses his mind every time, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I was driving down the roads and, and uh, whew, you know, Camino Island, same thing, mm-hmm. had had the same situation. I, I saw him in multiple spots. So just good reminder, please yep. be careful yeah, that's right. as we go into these darker months. Back to the houses too, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be vigilant about the R-A-T-S's mm-hmm. uh, because they are looking for a nice warm place to cozy up yes. for the winter. Everybody wants to hibernate. They do. And they have ac- if they have access to crawl spaces under your deck, mm-hmm. you know, if there's any food around, you know, yes. then um, they're they're gonna find a way in. They can yes. get through amazing tight spots. Tiny little spaces. Even check twice when you lift the lid on your barbecue because uh, you could be in there. So just be careful, be vigilant. Oh, I'm going to have nightmares on that one. Hey, I got an idea. Let's talk about some real estate when we get back. Yeah, let's talk about some other topics. And we have some guests coming on to uh, hopefully not gross us out. (laughs) It's going to be totally different. We're going to talk about work share. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back. And this is Eric Asses from HomeBridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we are here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock p.m. Sundays from 3 to 4. And always on podcast. Just look us up, Open House with Team Reba. Yes, on your favorite podcast provider. That's right. Over six years of content. Now, over 250 episodes. I think we're at about 250. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it's fun a lot stuff. of content. Good stuff in there. Yes. Yeah. And we have more good content today. Yeah, much better than our first segment. <laughs> yes, no uh, no trash pandas for the rest of the show. That's okay? right. We'll try. All right. Thank I'll you. Do my best. <laughs> so we're going to get into I the, thought you were going to segue there. Speaking of trash pandas, we have... No, that, I, I was saying know. no more trash pandas. So so I'm going to already apologize to our guests. We Somehow we got on the subject of raccoons yeah, <laughs> in our first segment. It has so. absolutely nothing to do with finance or real estate. but Or, that's, or that's anything, really, <laughs> other than your life circumstances. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, we have with us today Rafael Colon and Leigh... Uh, Lee, pardon me, Rowley from Shared Work. Thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure for well, having us. Thank you for having us. Awesome. So, um, so Raphael, uh, let's we'll start with you. Um, so, tell us, uh, I guess, a little bit about yourself and then about this program. Well, thank you very much, Eric and uh, Rigo. We're glad to be here. A little bit about myself. I'm with the Employment Security Department. I'm the Business Outreach Manager promoting to businesses are really what we call informing, educating, and inspiring businesses to learn more about the programs that can help them thrive uh, in this current economy, but even when the economic variation may be up and down. And so we get the opportunity to promote what we call business-friendly programs to the state of Washington. Okay, so and uh, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Help me out That's there. A great question. What does that mean? Well, there the, the departments, the Washington state government, and specifically employment security, provides programs, tax incentive programs, or programs that can help an employer uh, overcome their operational issues at this particular time, like with, when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And shared work, shared work is one of those unique and valuable programs that saves businesses. It's been saving businesses for the last 37 years in this state by allowing employers 
to reduce the hours of employees' work hours, so their, their work hours every day, and allowing them to draw on employment insurance at the same time to help them sustain the business and keep the doors open and operating. Got it. Right. Okay. So it. Go ahead. Oh no! That okay. Now that okay. That was kind of what I was envisioning. So, so an employee, let's say, instead of working a forty-hour week, you know, maybe they work a thirty-hour week, which helps helps the, the the employer make payroll, and then they're going to receive unemployment benefits for the difference. Have I got that right? That's ex- that's exactly right. Now it doesn't cover one hundred percent paycheck. For example, if you reduce their hours by 10 hours, obviously they're going to get payroll for 30 hours. Mm -hmm, They're mm -hmm. going to draw on employment insurance for 10 hours. Mm -hmm. And it's not 100% uh, coverage, if you will. Exactly. But it's it's really darn close. Mm -hmm. So it's a real strong benefit for the business to stay in business, operating, serving customers, uh, staying, staying busy. And it helps the employee because he or she doesn't have to go out and look for employment somewhere else. He or she stays with that employer. They're not required by federal mandate when you're drawing unemployment insurance to look for another job. So it keeps them tied to that employer, which is very nice as well. Okay, I didn't know about that. So they don't have to be actively searching for other employment. They can, okay, that's 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 great. Well, this is good because especially since we all keep hearing about the, the quote-unquote great resignation, this is great for people who love who they already work with or for. And while that employer is trying to get back on their feet, give them, give, give them something to, to still rely on and not have to lose those great employees to someone else. You're exactly. That really doesn't. Exactly. And there's um, over 50,000 businesses that are eligible between in the Seattle metropolitan area uh, between Snohomish County, King County, and Pierce, by our best estimates for so, this program. Okay, and and what does it cost the business? Well, the business already pay, pays for this service and this program through their unemployment insurance tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a there's a tax there's a tax called the Federal Unemployment Tax Act, mm-hmm. and that tax charges businesses an experience rating cost. Mm-hmm. And so if, if an employee if an employee gets on the program, the employer enrolls in the program, gets accepted, and then employees begin to draw on employment insurance, that impacts their experience rating, and their experience rating goes up, and they pay for those dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, that is less than if you lay Raphael off for full employment. So mm-hmm. if you're cutting back his hours and you have to completely lay him off, and he goes to draw on employment insurance and he's eligible, that really impacts your experience rating tremendously. And all those calculations and numbers are are very specific to that employer in that industry, and it impacts uh, it impacts them. However, if you reduce the hours, as the example you gave earlier, Eric, from forty to thirty hours, the ten percent is a minimal impact to their experience rating. Gotcha. Okay. And and from I'm I've been you know reading a little bit on your website. It sounds like an employer can part who who does participate can reduce hours by up to fifty percent. In, in, correct. Okay. So, and how now is, are the, are the funds for this program different from the regular unemployment fund? You know, um, we have some of the some of the extended benefits that are well, a lot of those you know re- retired at on Labor Day. Uh, so, is this this is an ongoing program, or is this subject to other federal funds? Uh, that's a great, great question. The federal funding that had happened, as you mentioned, has gone away as of September 4th. Mm-hmm. 
this program has been in existence with support from the federal government and with support from the Washington state legislature. And that's why its history of 37 years has shown to be very valuable to employers in the state. Mm -hmm. It will continue. We do currently have a grant that ends on December 31st of 2022. Okay. The grant is just specifically right now to inform, educate, and inspire employers in this state to become aware of this because it's a lifeline. It's really a safety net. It really is a safety net so that if you have a slowdown in your operational costs in the economy, for example, let's take road construction, which is prevalent here in Washington State. Mm-hmm. If, a, if a public works project impacts your business, customers from attending your store, and it impacts your business a week, a month, three days, two years, you can apply for the program. And that's where shared work comes into play because it does help you. So we're just out there informing and educating employers that this is a safety net for their business. They already pay for it through their tax dollars. It is free to the point that they lay off or they reduce the hours of employee. At that point, you're getting charged. But until then, just submitting your application and having it in the pipeline and being ready is a no-cost application process. That's actually great. You know, I was mentioning before we got you guys on air that – so I'm on the Renton Chamber Board of Directors, and one of the things that's been going on for quite a while in downtown Renton was all of the construction that's been going on. I mean, it was already pre-planned before COVID, so not only did those downtown employers get hit by the COVID aspect, um, but then they had these huge you know, public works projects going on, and so that was a big driver for many of us in the chamber and the downtown um, development uh, group uh, to keep promoting, like, cause people thought a lot of the businesses had closed. I was like, no, no, go down there, go show them some love. Like, please, please. So um, this is good for me to be hearing because I do interact with a lot of business owners uh, in all three of these counties that you've already mentioned. Um, and so I'm glad that we have you on today because I think there's a lot of folks who aren't even familiar with the program existing, which is therefore why you got the grant to let people know about it. <laughs> That's why you're on the radio here. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we love it. And just in, like in Seattle, King County alone, we have only 923 employers currently registered, meaning they applied and we've accepted their application and said, hey, you're good to go. And that just that number of employers impacts about twenty five thousand employees. Hmm. So we have twenty five thousand employees that are still working, drawing some level of unemployment insurance, and they're employed. So right. their benefits are intact, and they're contributing to the economy. They're contributing to that employer, and they're serving the great customers of Washington State. But that's a small part, because in King County alone, we have over thirty thousand employers eligible for shared work. And and what, apart from COVID, would, would make an employer eligible for this program? Well, right now, with everything that the rules have flexed at the federal government, it's very simple. Two simple requirements. One is you must have two permanent employees or more. Okay. And, and you must be meeting all your taxes. You must be paying your federal, your local, and state taxes, and you're in good mm-hmm. compliance. Okay, so you're That's it. okay. That's you're in it. compliance with everything. Now, what about us? Uh, is this only for hourly employees? Uh, no, this is for permanent, full time, uh, part time, and full time employees. Oh, really? Okay. So you, yes, this is full time, permanent, and part time. So, if you're a part time, uh, let's say you're an operator of a restaurant, 
and your full time your hours for that individual are 32 hours or 28 hours, they're eligible as well. Every employer in Washington State is eligible. Nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, for profit, uh, the government, local government, city government, municipal government, state government, federal government. There, are, uh, the only exception is federal government. Wow. Okay. Okay. Are there any disadvantages to an employer for the program? It's a great question, Eric. The disadvantages that we have found through experience in, in history is how you look at the administrative duties of this, because there are some administrative responsibilities which require an employer to assign a representative to work with us so that we can provide that red carpet level of service that we like to provide. So that means that weekly you're receiving a report of who's drawing unemployment insurance. And those okay. hours that you reported, that your employee reported, must match what we pay. So there is an oversight responsibility. And so some employers say, well, I'm small, three employees, four employees, five employees, and, and that's too much to manage. But I can say this, that the streamlining and the implement and improved grant the federal government gave us, we've streamlined processes to make it even easier and easier for businesses to manage that, and we're continuing to improve in that area. So there is an administrative burden, and that's the probably the number one uh, reason that we get, that, oh, it's tough to manage, we get these reports, we can't make sense of them, mm-hmm. and so we do get that. Is that, t- is that typically people who don't have uh, like a, a payroll or bookkeeping individual? Yes. Okay. Yes, very good. Yeah, very okay. good. It's usually third uh, small businesses who don't have a third party vendor helping. Right. Okay. Well, I have some commentary personally around that, but we're going to have to take a quick little break and we'll get back to the commentary and more about the shared work program after these messages. So Raphael and Lee, please hang on and we'll be back. Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Isis here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes. And we have still with us Rafael Colon and Lee Rowley from the Shared Work Program. Um, can can you tell us, Rafael, just real quick, where can people go find information about this online? Uh, great. There are two locations. One is Shared Work dot wa dot com and google chrome is the best way just we have technical difficulties related to that so shared work wa.com and the other one would be our normal website which is esd dot wa dot gov forward slash shared work okay and that's the website i'm personally on right now in fact i'm taking a look at some of your okay. testimonials that you have that's great <laughs> Well, good. So, so uh, Lee, uh, you are the program director for the Shared Work Program, correct? Uh, program coordinator. Oh, program My coordinator. responsibility. Yep. I was brought in for a part of the Promote and Enroll grant we talked about in the last segment. So my job will be to help uh, bring work with the wor- regional workforce development councils of our the 12 regions in Washington State. Uh, there are over 60 work source offices across the state in the 43 counties. And I'll also be working to get shared work out on social media. We've got over 3.8 million Facebook people in the state that we'll be wanting to send our messages to as well. Excellent. Now, how, so an employer is interested in the program. 
they they apply. They go go to your website. I'm assuming and apply. Then is that where you come in? Then Lee, you're you're going to work with them to determine help determine eligibility. Uh, our customer service team uh, is often the one that they would call. We okay. have with a quick one eight hundred number. They can call and reach somebody and ask. Am I eligible or are my employees eligible? And we'll be able to check right away and tell them yes or no. Um, so that's the easiest way to find out, even if before the application process. And then when the employer is ready to apply, it's pretty easy. We have just a web link on our website that they can uh, save their PDF document and pass it right on over to us. I also see for employers, it looks like there's a weekly Wednesday shared work Q&A. That's correct. That's uh, one of the things we're striving to do is to continue to, and you'll hear me say this over and over, inform and educate and inspire our employers to learn more about how shared work can help their business. And we have this weekly segment every Wednesday. It's moderated by Stephen Brediger. He's our webinar uh, host. And it's basically for any business to call in and ask your questions, and we can answer their questions. That's what we're wanting to do. Got it. Got it. And I'm sorry, tell me again how many employers are, are currently, I, I wrote down 923 are currently participating in the program? That was King County. Oh, that was King County. Yes. Sure, we have 923 in King County. We have 239 employers participating in Snohomish County. That's an impact of 6,800 employees. And in Pierce County, we have 210 employees, employers enrolled with 5,700 employees impacted on shared work. And 99% of businesses that sign up for shared work would recommend it to another business owner. So hopefully we'll have, uh, they're able to renew and stay in our program for the long haul. Okay, so they're they're having good good response, good results from it. Uh, is there a, a deadline, a cutoff, a, a, an amount of time that benefit that an employer can participate in the program? N- in other words, the employer words, can enroll at any time, and plans can last. Uh, the employer can set the time frame. What we see as standard is one year, and okay. at about the end of one year, we'll call and ask if they'd like to renew. Okay, I guess that's where I, I was kind of going with my my brain, uh, the way it works. I'm I'm kind of thinking about about abuse of government funds and also fraud. You know, how do you control against uh, against that? You know, for a program like this. Oh, good question, Eric. Those those measures are taken internally and programmatically in that the employer submits and receives approval for their application for one year. Okay. And at about the ten month mark, we then resubmit uh, electronically a form to them requesting whether they wish to continue or not continue in the program. So do, are they wanting to renew their application? Well, as part of his question, though, where you were mentioning that people have to send in all that documentation to confirm, like they have to match the numbers, isn't that part of it as well? Well, that is a, yes. that, what we do there is a weekly report. Uh, Lee, go ahead if you'd like to add anything on that. Sure. The employer representative, basically the liaison between the Employment Security Department and the employer, uh, who is part of the employee or an employee of the company, um, they'll be the person that will receive a weekly claims report of what hours, how many people, uh, what hours they claim they work, 
and then how many hours they will receive on shared work hours. And so they have to just double check and look at this report. If they see anything that they don't like on it, they have 10 days to let us know. And again, that's one form that they would fill out or just give us a call and we can help them fix the numbers. So uh, with a little bit of oversight, it's a pretty thorough program and and our information's already in there because we're the Employment Security Department. <laughs> you're the government. You're, I, you're here I, to help. I, you said that, Because <laughs> yes. we already know. That's right. We are big we brother and sister. <laughs> yep, just double check. Were, you, were they there? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, good. Okay, so I'm just, I'm glad that we're having an opportunity to, to, bring you on and discuss all this what are other things that you think um any of our listeners need to know uh, or or what maybe are if you have other um examples of some of the people who've enrolled because i know there's a couple of testimonials on your website could you maybe kind of speak to some of those oh sure well we've had businesses in washington state mm-hmm. that have been around eight, 80 years mm-hmm. and had it had it not been for shared work in their testimonial had it not been for for shared work then they would have been long gone um and then we have businesses who said thank you for for being there as a life preserver we were unaware of it and the biggest concern we have and that we get is we wish we would have known and that's the hurdle we're trying to overcome is that many businesses have are so busy operationally running the operation you know, I'm talking about small businesses without third-party vendors. Mm-hmm. Those that are represented with HR offices and finance offices can handle it. But the small businesses who are the economic engine of the state often say, we wish we would have known. And we're mm-hmm. looking for ways to help them overcome that and help us overcome that that question. Is to try and answer that question for them to say, here it is, and you're helping us by us being here today, just to go ahead and get the message out. So, uh, well. You know, and I guess I just went for our listeners because you keep saying to, you know, inspire and all of that. And, and for me, stories are what give inspiration to people. Like the, it, it helps them to understand what they're really hearing and to apply it to themselves. And and I, as somebody who is a small employer, right, I run a team and I run, my, even though I sit under a REMAX franchise, most people don't understand that in real estate, I am my own business underneath what is a national and international brand, but I have to pay to be part of that organization. And then if I have any, any support people, those are my employees, not Remax's. And, mm-hmm. and especially as we're coming out of all of these, you know, COVID related, like PPP programs and things like that. I mean, I'm just kind of seeing this as, you know, many people, they, there was a huge thing around PPP, but this type of program is something that has been there and will continue being there that mm-hmm. many employers, as you're saying, aren't as familiar with. It doesn't get that same promotion and it can help in these similar type of situations. And I can tell you for me, what I love about the program too, of being able to keep someone still on staff and still you know, getting some income. Because we see, we see the pain points of the people who have had their work cut or completely let go because the employer didn't know about something like this. And one of the struggles a business like mine has is that onboarding somebody is time and cost intensive. Every time I have to retrain somebody in my line of business, it's very difficult to do. And it, and it, 
impacts the bottom line of the business too, because as I have to go and spend time doing the training, I'm staying, I'm getting taken away from what is my best and highest use of time in the business. That's revenue production, right? right. And so you can see for a, a small business or any size business that this has some real meat to it in terms of the benefit to the company and to the employees, because I do know, um, I have several friends of mine, um, I hate to say it, um, but I still, I, I, I do know there's some ageism that happens in, in industries. And I have some friends of mine who are looking for work that, frankly, had their employers known something like this existed, they may not be in that job search situation that they're in if their employers had been familiarized with this and been able to implement it to keep their workforce because I know some of the jobs that they were in require a lot of technical skill and that is a very difficult thing to find and especially when we have the great resignation and we also have a fight for talent Mm -hmm. going on we agree with you it's it's one of the best kept secrets in Washington state it's Mm -hmm. a great uh, I think it's a competitive advantage if you're competing with another employer for talent and finding good employees, mm-hmm. and you say that you're a shared work employer, if you look at all the benefits that shared work offers, that provides you a competitive advantage for marketing, recruiting, retaining employees. So that's one advantage. We've also done, we're starting to target our industries. I'm going to let uh, mm-hmm. Lee speak to that because she did a little research on our top industries. Great. I'd Lee, love to hear yeah. that. Well, thank you, Reba. Um, so I did, I look, I took a look at your regions, primarily Snohomish County, King County, and Pierce. Um, and, and your findings, your personal experience really supports what we're seeing. We're seeing big, big companies using shared work and, and knowing about it and having their third party HR. So manufacturing is a top industry, uh, machine shops, civic institutions, schools. But the other two industries that are in our top four are small to medium restaurants and bars, um, healthcare offices, uh, dental offices, um, and right up there is number five would be uh, offices of really small business owners. So we have whether that's engineering, architecture, uh, accounting services. So this is a really good program for those kinds of businesses that that need a little bit of support. Uh, their employees could have one foot in each door of when I'm not at work, I'm still being compensated, and I also get to keep my job. That goes a long way to, uh, to putting food on the table and to feeling stable at this time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Lee and Raphael would have thank you for being on with us today. And uh, we're going to help get the word out for you at Shared Work. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Open House with Team Reba. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba has from Team Reba here. Yeah, and thanks for listening in. So we yes. learned all about unemployment, shared work program. Yes. But there was something on the break they were talking about. Yeah. So as we were letting Raphael and Lee um, off air with as us. As we were letting them go. Yes. As we were le- <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Um, oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, they were pointing out that there's a section of the website that you can go to uh, that has quick links uh, under the Shared Work Forms and Media Library. 
and there's a claims calculators and calendars. And there's uh, what they uh, what Raphael was pointing out to us is you go to the employee payment calculation chart. And there you will get a completely transparent, like let's say you had somebody who was 40 hours and you needed, you know, to kind of be flexible around the number of hours for like ongoing work from week to week. That 40 hour person could um, work, you know, I think he said it was like 26 to 32 hours and it shows what the percentage of benefits are for each of those. And he gave us Mm -hmm. numerous examples. So, so for any employers uh, or even employees, because they do also promote this to employees so that you can understand it. um, If you're going to look into this program, go check out some of these resources and you can see the benefit. And, And because it's done on a weekly basis, I actually love this because you and I both know like let's say let's say you're a florist. Mm-hmm. What is your busiest times of the year? Right. Well, it's around holidays, Mother's Day, Valentine's, things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you need to have some flexibility on your staffing, this can tell you like maybe Mother's Day week is super slammed, but the following week is maybe one of your quieter weeks. Right. Right. But you want to keep that staff person on while you're ramping up for the next big so holiday. It's a scalable type of a program. Yeah. Which I think is wonderful because, um, you know, so many businesses do get fluctuations and seasonalities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as we're going into, you know, this is the holiday season coming up. Lots of small businesses and, you know, retail and hospitality are going to be ramping up because they're going to need stuff. But then once those times are done, then it kind of quietens down Mm -hmm. again. But they still need to have qualified workers available. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's it's a it's a I think it's a great option for a lot of businesses. And as they mentioned, it's not just for, you know, those kinds of organizations. They said that there's several large manufacturing type organizations and even accounting, you know, architectural and other types of firms. It's, it's every kind of firm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. So it's not limited to one particular model, but I can really see where small businesses can definitely benefit from that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, good. Well, good. Glad we had them on. That was, that was informative. Yes. Yes. So speaking (laughs) of, I want to know what's going on with our real estate market. Why is it not slowing down? Okay. So I'm, it's not generally speaking, yeah. right? I mean, I, it depends on what county you're in, mm-hmm. right? There are some seasonalities that were happening. Um, a few people I know were saying, oh my gosh, September was very quiet. Well, okay. We went back to kind of our normal thing, which is guess what happened in September, Mm, back the, to school back to school which yeah. now that a lot of the schools are doing a more normalized or some version of mm-hmm. that right yeah. um humans went back to what humans do which is like oh i'm distracted for a while mm-hmm. but guess what in october a lot of the activity is picking right yeah, back really up picked up right and so that's the other thing is like at this time of year, listeners i just have to say if you are thinking about selling please start reaching out to us now mm-hmm. um because first of all Lots of people think our seasonality. They're like, "Oh, well, real estate's going to slow down in the in the winter." No, it doesn't. Not it around here, does it not. And I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday about you know the fact that the resale market, in particular, because new construction is being you know very much impacted right now, mm-hmm. and it, and it's 
phasing in very slowly. The builders are loving the dollars that they're getting out of their stuff, although they're still having pain points of staffing and material it's costs. material and supply chain yeah. issues where, you know, the appliances, mm-hmm. getting the appliances oh, in the yeah. homes and things like that is, is a problem. Mm-hmm. I have several new construction um, uh, projects going right now mm-hmm. where we've been delayed one to two to three months oh, yeah. as we're waiting for materials to come in yeah one of them we're waiting on appliances one we're waiting mm-hmm. on a garage door and oh, it's wow. simple things like that but they're mm-hmm. just not available or yeah. they're sitting on a ship out in the bay somewhere yeah you know waiting to be you know offloaded oh yeah so so that supply chain you know crisis it's, no is, joke. it's very real yeah it's a hundred percent real and so because that's going on in new construction it means the resale market is still just bonkers but i want to remind people though it doesn't mean just anything sells mm-hmm. right? right now it's it's if it's compelling it's selling that means price condition location all the things that have always stood true within real estate are still there today however there are some you know pigs with a little lipstick on them that are you know <laughs> selling but they're just not selling as fast sure um but Generally, so the stats that have been coming out though is that we're still at like about a two week or less in most cases for sales. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so again, if you're not selling right away, that either means you have something that's a bit unique, and that doesn't mean that it's bad or ugly. It right. does mean maybe that it is a particular unique layout challenging in some way. Yes. Well, especially you know where I see it a lot though, Eric are people who built custom homes. Mm, mm-hmm. Custom homes have a hard time reselling because guess what? They were custom right. to like one family. Sure. So that doesn't mean they meet everyone else's desirability. Right. Your appeal is right? a, a bit more limited. Yeah. I, I saw one in particular that I went to go look at as a potential rental and I, yowza. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what were these people thinking and what kind of life do they live? Because it was... It was interesting. That's something coming from you. <laughs> Didn't you buy a house with shag carpet on the walls? But that was easily replaced. Well, that's this true. is a layout. My layout yeah. is cool. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing is I have like a one of a kind cool layout yeah. that yeah. nobody else has. Right. And they took a split level and made it customized. Yeah. But that was it. You know, <laughs> this was like custom layout, like master or primary suite on the bottom floor with like three or four bedrooms on the mid with just one bath shared. And then it had like a family and a living room with only a half bath. And this, Uh, it was just, it was, it's hard to explain, but it was, it was an awkward layout that I don't know very many people that would want to live in that house. Appraisers call that functional obsolescence. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it was sitting on the market for a really, really long time. You know, the thing I've noticed, so, and I I, I hear people say, well, you know, it's going to be a feeding frenzy, Mm -hmm. you know, in the first time buyer price range. No, it's, it's all the way up the line. Oh gosh. It's, it's it's all the way up. Well, you and I both know that our mutual client in August, Mm -hmm. that was a $2 million listing. Right. And, even even though we had constrictions about how quickly we had to sell it, that had multiple offers on it. Right. And the same thing with the $4 million house that they bought. Right. Had multiple offers on it. Yep. So it's all up and, and down the line. And the four, five, six dollars $600,000 homes. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's crazy town. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think I brought this up in previous shows too, but mm-hmm. one thing to really keep in mind right now, we have a pretty severe 
shortage of appraisers yes. in our in our local market. And if if you have to be competitive and you, you mm-hmm. get your offer accepted and you've got to close in three weeks or even 30 days, uh, when we back out all the mandatory waiting periods, we call it TRID. Mm-hmm. TRID stands for the reason I drink. Mm-hmm. Um, you We have maybe 10 to 12 working days to yep. process a mortgage, yep. including getting an appraisal back. Yes. And we are having to pay exorbitant rush fees to appraisers uh, just to yeah. get them to show up. It's yes. bad right now. So, and this mm-hmm. is not just us. This is industry wide. It's a oh, problem. It's everywhere. It's nationwide. Yeah, it's nationwide. Yeah. It really is. And and part of the problem is that just the barriers of entry to become an appraiser are so high. Uh, that Way higher don't... than it is for real estate. I can yeah, tell you that. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, who wants to go into a job where everybody hates you? <laughs> well, you know. Okay, but seriously, I mean, real estate, high school diploma. 90 right. hours, take yep. a test at 70%, wham, there you go. You're in but appraiser. Appraiser, four years of college. Right, plus 2,000 hours of being working under a mentor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oof. Totally different. Yeah, so plan ahead, <laughs> talk to your lender, talk to your realtor. Yep. Make sure you got that all worked out in advance. Yes. All right. Well, Not thank- like me. <laughs> That's right. Unlike you. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Listen in next Saturday at 2 o'clock or Sunday at 3. Or on podcast. See you soon. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.